Mama is treating me to breakfast. Yep, let me see your phone. Huh? Look here. I download this McDonald's app because when you buy any bagel sandwich like the steak, egg, and cheese bagel, you get one free. Wait, you just bought that on my phone. That's right. Now that you got McDonald's money, you could treat Mama. <laughs> okay, Ma, you got it. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Valid through 10-222 at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. App download and registration required. Three, two, one. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history. If you're not feeling it, you must discover why. Join Matthew Bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning, health, and happiness. Here's your host, Matthew Bolton. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mr. Brightside. I'm Matthew Bolton. So, I want to ask you to look around you. Go ahead. Look around. I mean, unless you're driving. If you're driving, eyes on the road. But really, look around you guys. Do you like what you see? How does it, does it make you feel good? Are you best able to perform what you want to perform or enjoy what you're trying to enjoy in this space? So let's say you're driving in your car right now. Maybe you're in your living room or your kitchen. You're in your bedroom. You're in a library or a study room. You should be studying. Maybe you're in a coffee shop or you're out walking, listening to some inspiring content with a buttery, smooth, comforting voice. Okay, I'm sorry. So we can't do anything about the voice, but you can do something about the rest of your experience. So on a recent show, analyzing and clarifying some interesting uh, remarks by Matthew McConaughey, he referred in it at once to customizing your life. And I loved that expression, and I love that expression, as it sums up what I mean when I say that being optimistic, that is, striving for optimal results in all situations and pursuing an optimal life, this involves not only choosing one's focus, but being deliberate about every aspect of our lives. Deliberate and proactive versus passive and reactive. This applies to our character, our friends or, and or any other relationships, how we spend our free time and what we seek for recreation, uh, what work we do, our health, of course, we always talk about. And of course, today, what I'm going to highlight and elaborate on is uh, our environments. We don't have to passively accept wherever we happen to be or whatever it happens to look and feel like at the moment. We can be proactive and deliberately choose or customize our environments. So first then, what is an environment? Well, an environment is the aggregate of everything that surrounds you. So another definition I've read too says uh, it's, it refers to social and cultural forces that shape the life of a person or a population. So we'll get to that second one a little later. But first, I want to just talk about the first one, this uh, idea of the aggregate that everything surrounds you. So as an environment is everything that surrounds you, this implies that we have multiple environments because you're constantly in different places and doing different things. So look around you right now. This is your current environment. When you go outside or go to work or you're in your car, these are all new environments within which you're living your life. So I'm not talking about the environment, like the condition of which we don't actually experience in our own lives, and it really isn't a relevant or helpful concept in that way. We experience the makeup and the conditions of our own multiple environments, that is, the spaces and places in which we live our lives. And that's what I'm talking about today. And I'm here today suggesting that, or reminding you, if you, you know, that you choose everything that surrounds you. You should ask questions about what you like and then proceed to get that. 
Recognize places you like, their items and arrangements, and think about whether it suits where you live or, or do things or operate. You go to a coffee shop, maybe, and you like how it's furniture, it's, maybe it's got plants and this whole style of it. Make it. Make it at your house. Ask, how can I create a similar environment where I live my life? Now, I want to go through some examples of how you might think about this. And I'm not going to Martha Stewart anybody here. Uh, I'm not an interior or exterior decorator. And my taste is not going to be yours. Uh, that's going to be for sure, right? This is all illustrative, never prescriptive. So take that in, keep that in mind as we go along, right? But I'm going to take a few examples one by one. So for example, a living room, right? In, in, in my own view, again, this is uh, just illustrations and then you apply it to your, to your thing. But in a living room, I, Talked with my wife a lot about it, and this also goes back to communicate your values, get what you want. Last week, right? We talk a lot about how we want our, where, how we want to live, what we want our home to look like, and how do we actually, what do we actually do in our day to day lives? And for me, uh, I, I'm all about like I, I really need ottomans, I need side tables. Lighting is very important to me, right? So my wife didn't care much about Ottomans. The Koreans, like, a lot of them sit on the floor and stuff, and they can sit all uh, comfortably on, on little spaces. I need, it's really tough for me to sit, so I need my legs stretched out, and I'm like, I, I want chairs here, and I want a side table here to put down my coffee or whatever I got while I'm doing my computer or reading or whatever, and I got to have my feet up too, right? need little Ottomans everywhere. So that kind of thing. But that's just because that's what I like to have in my house. And then, of course, you choose what ones look good enough. We have to compromise on that because oh, that's that looks so ugly sticking out here, blah, blah, blah. But that's the kind of thing you can think about. Um, what about a bathroom, right? What is, you can ask yourself, what is my shower routine, right? What is my pre-bed routine or other routines that you go through in a bathroom? Right? And what would make these more convenient or more smooth, or even just more enjoyable in the bathroom and like the look and feel of the bathroom, right? Like a lot of people let their bathrooms kind of overtake them, right? Rather than you dictate to your bathroom what, what you want it to look like and how you want to do it. But I mean, even those routines, how can I make my shower more convenient and the things where I like them? And I know this kind of works out for people over time, but I'm saying really think about this is like, this could be, this could be such a much better place. And we spend a lot of time there doing a lot of things, a lot of prep mostly uh, for our real lives. I don't know if this is really where to do it, but I, I want to, I, it's kind of a joke, but it's, I'm very serious. I have this, I, I want to put out here my home urinal campaign because I've always thought that uh, I, I, there should be a urinal in a private bathroom. I don't understand why I don't see them anywhere, right? When I go into like a coffee shop or something and you walk in and there's, you know, a men's bathroom and it's just a toilet and then a urinal and a sink, it just looks so cozy and great. And I think, wow, great. I don't have to go near that toilet, right? I can just use this. And uh, I have an architect friend, Ryan, and I, I put it to him once a few years ago and he didn't seem to like the idea. He goes, people don't want a urinal in their bathroom. And I, I don't get it. Guys, Let's start the campaign on hashtag home urinal. Anyway, let's go on. Workspace, uh, study space. So this is a really important one. A lot of people, right? If you're a student, you, you study, right? You're working at home or you're working even in your office space. How do you have, to have it arranged? Again, people do arrange it in a way, but I don't know if we do it overly consciously. So what kind of light do you want there? I always talk about light. How cluttered is it and or do you like it to be very uncluttered or not. I cannot stand it. I need a huge table space with all my papers laid out and all my computer over here and everything else all laid out where I can access it on a big table. That's how I like to do it. Um, 
how do you like to study, right? What kind of mood makes you feel relaxed yet focused, right? What kind of things could help you in the room that you're in actually? Is it just there and it's all, you know, not of your choice? Or is it something that you set up to make you feel good being in this room, right? Because even though you got work to do, why don't you feel good about it? I, w- I say probably relaxed and focused at the same time is a good uh, combo. And it amazes me how many students don't seem to think about this. Like when I ask my students, I, I ask them, so what, what's it like at home? Do you, do, how do you like to study? And they go, I don't know. What do you mean? And I mean, well, like what kind of table do you like to sit? I don't know. Whatever's there, they, they say, right? And it blows my mind because they just kind of take for granted like that their desk is there, their bed's there in their bedroom, and they just study and do whatever. And this is what I'm kind of countering uh, today. So um, how about a bedroom? What is your nighttime routine? What kind of bed do you want to have, right? I mean, do you want a high bed, a low bed, or just whatever bed you happen to have, right? How many pillows do you like to have on the thing, right? Um, A night table, for me, it's a must. I must have a night table. I want a specific one. I want one with a drawer so I can put some things away and then have the smooth space on top for my my book and stuff. My phone, right, charging. So uh, what kind of light? Again, light. Please think about the light people, and I'll mention a bit about that in a minute. But what kind of light do you want, right? What makes you feel cozy? What do you want to feel like in your room? Um, my brother and sister and I, this is kind of an interesting one. When, when we were growing up, uh, for a period of years, there was a certain period we did this. Uh, we used to change our bedrooms every year or so. So we, we'd, you know, we'd two, two floor house, whatever, and then we'd have a few different rooms. And then after a year, be like, want to switch rooms? Yep. And then we'd like, move all our stuff upstairs or downstairs or to whatever room it was. And we'd have a whole different existence. And it was obviously, it was a great chance to refresh. And it was obviously a great a great chance to rearrange things really how it suited us as we were living at that time. And not to mention, it really helped us clean out a lot of crap. So that was really helpful too. But um, but I just love that idea, right? I always want to refresh and try to really kind of, you know, choose my, choose my space more than I want it to just kind of do whatever it wants and I just live in it. And a yard, yeah. I almost forgot uh, to mention a yard because I've lived in Korea so long and... Uh, you know, I've mentioned before, space is at a premium in Korea, and most people live in apartment buildings. I don't know many people who live in an actual house, although it is starting to become a lot more popular. There's a lot more villas and townhouses, and then actual full full-on houses, and um, maybe we'll get ourselves one uh, sometime in the in the future. But uh, for now, it's pretty much apartments. Uh, it has its bonuses, right? There's no shoveling and there's no gardening and all that, but you don't have your outdoor space. Although I kind of like shoveling. I like I like getting a little workout out of it, getting the tunes on and going and shoveling a, a good driveway. But anyway, um, you know, when you have your yard, what do you want it to look like, right? My wife actually just asked me. We were just out at a coffee shop having, you know, having a coffee. And she said, and because we were on the patio portion of it, they had some trees outside. And she goes, what kind of trees do you want in your in your yard, right? And I was like, oh, whatever. And we, we were thinking about, right? Um, that goes back to communicate your values, get what you want, talk about the things that yeah, that you're looking for. And, and we did talk about it. So what kind of um, trees, what kind of flowers? Uh, I mentioned that I like a lot of, a lot of kind of grass, uh, smooth grass and open spaces, not too much clutter, etc, etc. This is how I'm going to design my yard and when I do have my own home in my own yard. And this all goes for patio space as well. That's another thing we're really coveting. We're really looking to have some patio space. Uh, hopefully in our next home we'll get some. And I know that sounds kind of, what? What do you mean? You don't have any patio space? 
look, I'm telling you, people just don't. It's it's hard to get real estate in Korea, and uh, um, and and I know that you do. So a lot of people have patio space again. How do you want to arrange it? I know obviously people are deliberate about how they arrange their patio space, but you can you can de- be even more deliberate. Look at it again. Think about it. Is this what do we actually do out here? We 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 planned it, but now how do we actually find ourselves living our lives day to day? And what could we do to make it more enjoyable and more convenient, uh, etc. And I can see people say, okay, well, that's all cool, but I don't have any money to decorate or improve my environments as I'd like to. Obviously, if I had money, I could do whatever I wanted, right? But it's not about money. I want to tell you this right now, and I'll give you some examples, right? And first, just a note on money. Just, you know, acquiring money doesn't magically endow you with the virtues which are actually required to earn money. And just as that's true, they don't give you automatic taste. Money, if you just get a bunch of money, you don't all of a sudden acquire taste. I, I think... Like tacky people who just get a lot of money, they just become super tacky, right? And it, money does not reverse cause and effect. So or you can never reverse cause and effect in any case. And that's true. So money can help you get some of the nicely chosen things that you want, um, that you would like to have. And it can help you enjoy many more, gaining many more rational values in your life. But it's far from necessary in, in that and in uh, creating your own environment, as I'm saying here today. For example, we have a stu- we have a lot of students come in here. We have private lessons in here, and a lot of them are well off. And one student in particular, he's quite, uh, you know, he's he's very well off. His home, I'll certainly trade his home for mine. But he thinks he loves our house, and he uh, he actually thinks our previous home just down the street, which was uh, a room smaller than this and smaller in other ways uh, to- in total, um, he thinks that's his favorite home that we had. He likes it better than this home. He thought it's really homey and cozy. And uh, and when I look back at it, if I see photos of it, I go, oh my God, look at their furniture and things we had. That was a home where we actually, you know, we had some of the stuff from my wife when she was a university student that she brought into our home and that kind of, that kind of, that kind of furniture. So it wasn't about having expensive things. It was about how we arranged it and kept it and, and made, and made the feel of it that would suit us. And he felt it. And I've had other friends back at that old home who used to come there and say, it feels kind of homey in here. A lot of, especially foreign friends, they were kind of surprised because in Korea, um, there's a, it's a bit of a transient life for a lot of foreigners living in Korea. People who work at Hagwans, like academy, that's, a, that's a, the name for an academy, a private academy. They teach there and the school often usually gives people a house to live in or an apartment to live in. And then... And, but people don't really feel like it's home because it's not theirs. It's a lot of the, they give you a lot of furniture too. It's you know all that stuff, and you can bring a few things in, but it's not really worth it because you might change schools, and then you can't be moving around all the time. But I found that even people who do settle down in Korea, maybe they get married, it, it takes a while for them to start to kind of really feel like it's their home and, and bring and you know create it that way. Um, they still have that that kind of mood. And as to other students who come to come to our house, uh, I've I've had a couple of the younger ones. They say like some of them say it looks like a hotel, right? And then other ones, we had one young one who thought it looked like a princess's castle, right? And that's amazing because for us, it's really just like a pretty typical Western home. If um, uh, but I think for Koreans especially, they just feel something very different. Uh, there's kind of a Korean style home, and this has a bit of a Western feel. And I kind of say to them, you know, if you like this kind of feel, you should consider how can you create it on your own. I say to some of my friends that, that, that like it. Um, among things in that is, is light again. I'm always talking about light. I, I've, I know a lot of Koreans don't think about 
the lighting in their house at all. Like I, I, when my wife and I walk home towards our building uh, from, say, we're, we've been out having dinner and it's nighttime, there are many squares of bright white light all in our building. And then there's one orange or yellow glowing one. And that's our house, right? Because we leave a light on for our cat and for us to walk back in. And, uh, and then there's a few other ones that, that do have a, a glowing light. And we think, oh, great. People, some people are catching on. But, um, you know, I don't know what it is. I had one time I was in my old university and I was working. Um, my desk was right in front of the window and I was working in the afternoon window light. And the assistant came down to my office and opened it up to tell me something. And then before she left, she looked around and she flicked on the light and closed the door. And I was like... I had to get up and go, and she was trying to be helpful, right? But I had to get up and go turn it off because, you know, I guess just bright lights. I, I don't get it. But anyway, but again, it, there's no rule. I'm not saying I can't believe you don't, uh, you know, pay attention to your light and all that. It's up to you to decide how important is lighting to you, how important are is everything to you in the space that you're living in. And one more note on this idea of not having money. I mean, even I'd mentioned where my wife and I lived before, but some of the places I lived over time in Korea when I was single and, and working at different jobs and, and getting the home that the school gave me, right? I mean, they obviously I didn't have much of my own stuff. I didn't have much in the way of choice, but yet I had the choice of arrangement and I would still arrange my home in, in the way that I liked it, even though it was some bad furniture, some furniture that I didn't choose. But and then, and then I would pick up little pieces of furniture that I did choose, including, of course, a little lamp with a dimmer that I could put by my bedroom. That that one house I've mentioned on the show a couple of times um, where I brought my wife years later to go see the outside of it. And she cried imagining because she said she imagined me living in the place and thought it was such a horrible looking little place. And it was tiny. Um, but inside... It wasn't beautiful, no beautiful items at all, but yet I kept it in a place that I felt cozy and I enjoyed being in there. So that's what I'm saying. It was, it's about our choice and about uh, what we put, what we do and, and include in it um, and not about the money and, and what you can buy. So what I mean is like these were like really crappy places, but you know, I put my own flavor and my own style on there within my own means. And that's the whole key here, right? It's not about having a lot of money to make everything uh, to make everything good, it's about you, within your means, choosing deliberately everywhere you are in every in, in every space that you live your life. And while I've always been kind of deliberate about it, um, as I as I saw through some of my examples, I'm certainly becoming way more so, and things are constantly feeling better around me. And my whole existence is just more, I'll call it optimistic, uh, from doing this. So that's why I'm really just want to put it out here today for you guys. And I'll add a quick note on something else now. Um, also add to this idea of creating environments that you can create your own, what I might call a social environment. So like, you know, I go out, I go out to the, you know, to the gym or something and I walk by and there's these like older ladies that, that sit outside and I always like wave to them. I, now I give the Korean, I give the pretty deep bow because they're quite old, right? And then, but I also wave to them, which is kind of my own Western flavor on it, right? And they get all excited and wave and smile. And now even when I, before I'm coming way up the road, they're like smiling and waving way before I get there. And then I kind of wave to them and then I get close and bow and move on. And it just feels so great. Like, and, and it's just, you know, if I had just walked by, they would never, I don't think they were going to initiate that and the same thing in elevators uh, in my in my place. I always say hello to the neighbors, and I know that sounds pretty normal for Western people, but Koreans kind of don't, right? They just kind of get in, and it's not very common to say anything to anybody. It changes with some people, obviously, but but I always initiate. Oh, 
hello and that kind of thing. And now around my neighborhood, I feel like, you know, people know who I am. People in my building know who I am and they smile and wave now. So people kind of recognize now. They're like, oh, it's that guy. Like we, we know, we know this guy now. And, and that's something that I've created for myself. I've kind of created this little, um, benevolent universe around me. This is my world and my experience of living here is better. And it's, it wasn't about other people's actions and what's going on. It's about, it was initiated by me. And this is kind of related to that uh, episode I had, maybe episode six called Be Kind. And, and that's kind of what it's about. It's about creating a, a benevolent world of goodwill around you that you can do regardless of other people. And then regardless of how they take it, your own existence is better and your own, well, and I guess today the theme is environment. So your environment, the places you live in, just become brighter and I'll call it more optimistic. Now, before my closing comments, let me please remind you to post questions and comments in the comments section wherever you consume this show. They're very helpful in giving leads on what is unclear or uh, what is of interest to listeners. So, um, and the, perhaps the best is at the Mr. Brightside Facebook page, which is at facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca. Many of you already consume this podcast as Facebook videos, so that's really convenient then. Uh, you may also send questions, comments, or guest recommendations to matthew.asknow at gmail.com. So I know a lot of people do shape their environments to suit them as they go. I said that, right? But I'm just suggesting or reminding again that we be even more deliberate about it. I think a lot of the customization that does happen that people say, well, I do. Obviously, everybody shapes their own thing. But I think it's kind of more um, of, of a thing that happens over time, like erosion on a beach. And it does smooth itself out to suit people indeed. But we can be even more proactive by taking time, deliberate time, to imagine our routines and the different spaces within which we go about them. Take them in turn and arrange and shape them with the things you want in the arrangements that give you the most convenience, the most productivity, the most beauty and satisfaction, um, and enhance every aspect of your life. So our environments have a big influence on our lives. So let us not be passive and, and reactive in regard to them. Um, I think this thing, uh, this show has even been a good reminder for me as there are some spaces in my life that are starting to dictate to me instead of me dictating to them. So and I'm going to go check some of that out right now. All right. And, and I'll see you guys later. All right. Have a great one. Mr. Brightside, your time out to refresh. Refuel and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing. Life is good. It's up to you to choose the bright side.